Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your host, Kristen, and I have a special co-host with me today, Megan Van Summeren, the current USOA Mrs. Utah. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I know. Well, and it's funny because you were just saying like, I know we've been like trying to get something scheduled and I was just, I actually didn't even know you guys were trying to get something scheduled because Rebecca and I just kind of <laughs> like, we'll call each other and be like, hey, like just so you know, we're interviewing so-and-so on Tuesday or <laughs> I mean, well, it is, we're very professional. <laughs> no, I love it. No, it's so funny that you say that because um, I was on like a crazy all day post in my brain on the time for today and everything. And then in the midst of all the craziness, I happened to realize, oh, it was supposed to be yesterday that I scheduled myself for. And so I reached out over early this morning and I was like, hey, <laughs> is there any way that we could like fix it to today? That would be awesome. And she was like, oh, of course, no problem. So <laughs> it just yeah. Yeah, works itself out the way it's supposed to. <laughs> we're, we're so, we're super flexible and things come up and we've had to reschedule people. And so now we totally get it. And then um, I'm glad we got a platform we could record on because we have several that we use and we use our Spotify kind of as a, the last one that we typically use, which is what we're on now. So you downloaded the app, you got on here with me and we made it. <laughs> you either ride or die by technology. <laughs> I know. Well, okay, Megan, I want to get into... Um, a couple of different things, but why don't we start by you just giving a little bit of information about yourself and kind of how you started your journey into pageantry. Of course. I Well, this journey has been, gosh, five or six years long now. I, I'm pretty late to the game of pageantry uh, for most people. I started when I was in college with the Miss America organization and really the thing that had drawn me to pageantry originally was the scholarship money. I had really been wanting to find ways to pay for college and it just kind of grabbed, grabbed my attention as a poor college student that I could find a way to pay my way through college. And that's where it started. And it just, it grabbed a hold of my heart, not because of what you can do in pageantry for yourself, but what you can do for others. And I think it's such an important and beautiful duality of the growth that you find in yourself is what you get to pour back into your community and others. And I fell in love with the concept. And so from there, I competed in the Miss America organization. I was a title holder with them a number of different times, which was such a blessing. And then I got married in 2020 in the midst of COVID, which was an adventure in and of itself. <laughs> and on my love for making a difference, I found in myself. And not only that, I, I truly felt like I found my calling in not just a hobby, but a lifestyle. And so I knew I wanted to continue in this 
beautiful world of pageantry. And even though I had told my husband we were getting married, I was going to take a year off. <laughs> I came to him like a couple months after we got married and I was like, hey, babe. So <laughs> I found this amazing system, USOA. I would love to be able to take a stab at it and see what happens. And uh, I was Mrs. Oregon last year, my first year competing with them, which was a huge blessing. And then uh, life has a wonderful way of taking you exactly where you need to go. And uh, my work moved me out to Utah. And so I took the opportunity to once more with USOA and was blessed with the opportunity to serve one more year as a state queen with Utah. So it's been, it's been such a beautiful journey and I've made so many amazing friendships, sisterhood memories along the way. And I feel like pageantry has given me the tools to be authentically myself. And I just want to help the things that help others in the things that I've learned to be their best selves as well. I love that. And I, I know I feel that way too. When I compete, I really feel like it brings out the best of me and Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting how it does that when it's actually a competition, but you really do kind of work from the inside out to you do. be able to compete in pageantry. I always love the quote or the story, I should say, by Matthew McConaughey when he talks about what his goal in life is and it's to be himself 10 years from now. And I think that, and he, he always talks about how I, I may never, I will never attain that if that's always my goal. But the, the object is I'm always in competition with myself in the best way. I'm always working to become the better version of myself. And to, to continuously grow, to continuously learn and to achieve my dreams. And I feel like that translates so powerfully into pageantry because pageantry as a concept is really just a, an area where young women can learn to be themselves, to grow, whether or not you walk away with the crown or sash, you walk away with your own crown, with, with the person, or at least the tools to become the person you're meant to be. And especially right now in the world where there's so many voices telling us who to be, what to look like and what to do that when you're in a, in a place where you can be in competition with yourself and see where I can become who I was meant to be with the help of others and with the competition I find in myself, it's so powerful. And I just, I, I, I can talk about it all day. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about it at least for like, perfect. (laughs) So so I'm glad you're ready to talk about it. Now, the Miss America organization, when you started, had they transitioned over to fitness wear at that point, or were they still doing um, the fitness competition wearing swimsuits? So it's so funny that you you bring that up because I was the, my first year competing, I competed in swimsuit, and then my second, I didn't, and that was the first year that they had in, they had they'd changed the rules, they had taken uh, fitness and lifestyle away as one of the areas of competition, and it was somewhat powerful for me to continue with the platform that I did. It was a self-founded platform, um, which really focused on what it means to live a healthy lifestyle. And it was so interesting because so many of the questions that following year, my second year competing, the judges were asking me my opinion on, you know, what are the, what are your, what is your opinion of taking swimsuit out of the Miss America organization? Do you think it's a betterment, a detriment? What, you know, how are your views on this? And for me, at least with swimsuit and fitness as a whole and pageantry, I think that it's a very healthy and important thing to have as a part of the, 
the competition in pageantry because it showcases your physical dedication to the job. Essentially, you're, you're working to be at your best for the job that you're, you're interviewing for, for the year of service that you have and showing where you're ready. And while obviously being healthy and fit looks different for so many of us, I know my, <laughs> my fit looks different than everybody else on stage. But I think the most important thing is the work that goes in behind the scenes is what you represent on stage and the level of dedication, the level of commitment and what you do physically to prepare yourself for the job is so fundamentally important so it just will always I think be a very important part of pageantry while it's you know fun of course to watch the swimsuit competition it's flashy and fun it speaks to that physical and mental dedication from the day-to-day work that you put in yeah and I think people need to remember too it's not like this is a like bikini or bodybuilding competition nobody no judge should be picking apart you know like little teeny tiny areas of your body by any means. Absolutely. You should be just in whole, look like a healthy woman. And that's really what the judges should be looking for. And I think most do at this point. I I would agree with that. And all, ultimately, I find whenever I'm watching the swimsuit competition, it's not looks maybe the best in a swimsuit. It's the girl who is the most confident, who's having fun up there, who is just having her moment that I'm always drawn to more. And I think speaks to the type of title holder that she will be in, in the role as well. And I think we've seen in this concept of pageantry reimagined where we judges who gravitate towards the girl who is authentically herself, who is confident in the person she was created to be and is just having the time of her life because who, who doesn't want to be a part of that (laughs) in my opinion. (laughs) Oh yeah. And it's, it is funny because if you don't watch a pageant and you just, see what the outcome was, maybe like top 10, top five, and then the winner, some people get really confused because they're like, well, I don't understand. Like, uh, But if you're actually there in person, you can tell who's got it turned on, who's oh, like absolutely. there in the moment, just being charming. And then, and it might not be the woman that you would have thought you would have picked coming into it. And it is, it's like a feeling you get when you watch them. Say the book, The Sparkle Effect by Kristen Dalton-Wolf. It's a personal favorite of mine. I don't know if you've read it, but it it speaks to that like X factor of there's always one girl that we're always drawn to, whether it's in life or in pageantry. And it's because of who she is as an individual, the characteristics that she has developed in herself and just the vulnerability she has in those moments to be herself that is truly the most important and queen-like characteristic that you could have is just being in those moments, having those qualities that make you who you are and owning that moment essentially. And I always read through it when I'm getting ready for pageantry or even when I'm in my off season, because it just, it speaks so much to that individual confidence in who you are as a person. Oh my gosh, I love that. I'm going to add that to my, actually, that sounds like you should. It's amazing. (laughs) It's so good. I think I've read that book like six or seven times and it never gets old. (laughs) Really? Yeah, truly. You read the book, um, Lucky Bitch. No, I haven't. (laughs) Okay. So, well, that one it's and it's funny. The woman who wrote it is really funny. Her name's Denise. And she just talks about how she, totally manifested um, her life. But in doing so, 
and she she's like you know it's not that I just said something was going to happen she's like I mean I did that but because I did that this was the reaction because I told this person mm-hmm. because I kept it at the forefront of my mind and she just tells you how to do it and how to do it confidently how to be yourself confidently it's what it's like truly one of my favorites and she's really funny when she oh, writes like it's I just, love that it, and she named it that because she's like, yeah, like most people would look at me and be like, what a lucky bitch. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's not luck. It's right. what I was doing behind the scenes that you didn't see. So that's another good one. Totally. As a side note, if you're interested in it. But oh, I'm okay, so. Yeah. I watched you both years. So I didn't realize it was your first year when competing at USOA, but what? I watched you both years. And then I was in person this year. By the way, (laughs) my trip to Vegas was a disaster for USOA. Oh, I'm so sorry. to do with USOA. But, like, I had all these plans to, like, meet up with people and interview all these people. It was such a disaster that literally none of that happened. I went live with Rebecca, I think, one time. And then after that, I was like, Rebecca, I can't. Like, I'm going to, if I make it to the shows, I'm going to be lucky. Oh, anything oh. that could have gone wrong was going wrong it was perfect awful. so it's like a yeah. pageant girls nightmare essentially for any national competition you just weren't on stage <laughs> yeah pretty much and then also you probably don't remember this I ran into you it was just you and me on an elevator I, I didn't think you recognized me and I'm glad you didn't because oh really unless you did yes you, so you had gotten on the elevator and you were all done at like you were getting ready to go to rehearsal for the game. And I had a very inappropriate gag gift for um, <gasps> I do mine. remember you. Oh. No, you do not. <laughs> I do remember I <laughs> Oh my gosh. And you're, oh, you're probably sitting there like, oh now. Oh no. That was bad. It's okay. Well, that was right. me. What, what happens in Vegas? that was me I I saw it and I thought and it was rainbowed and I thought it was absolutely hilarious so I picked it up and I'm holding it up so proud of it and then you the elevator doors open like right before I hit the floor I needed to be at and I just like (laughs) tried to like put it down by my side and I was like Rebecca oh my gosh you're so embarrassed and she's like it's fine and I was like you know I don't think you recognize me (laughs) (laughs) yeah that um what a good story I'm sorry what a great I love it what a great story to tell oh but yeah I was at the show um you looked phenomenal both years now you came out in patriotic year both years and you were jump roping what inspired that or you know what's the story behind that yeah it's it's honestly quite a journey now almost four years yeah, three, almost four years. And I'm, I'm completely self-taught. And the reason I picked it up was originally when I was super young, my mom had not really forced me, told me that I need to learn how to jump rope. And my family being the way that we are, we are overachievers and very competitive. And my mom, one particular trick that she was like, I'm going to teach you how to do it, figure it out. Well, as, I think I was like fifth grade, I want to say. And <laughs> I was like, okay, well, first of all, I need to learn a jump rope. And then I'm going to master this trick and do it better than you. And it had always, I, I ended up being really good at jump rope. I just happened to be. 
And uh, that was just elementary school. As I went into um, larger sports and into my collegiate career and things like that. Um, but then during pageantry, um, I had, we had been kind of racking our brain for the Miss America system, what I could do as a talent, because my, my talent in the Miss America system originally was what's called a dramatic oral interpretation. And I'm a professional, uh, professionally trained speaker. And so we had tried to utilize that for the Miss America system and it, and it worked really well. I won a number of times, but we wanted to elevate to something else. And so during, during the conversation of everything and trying to figure out, well, what can we do? It just so happened that I was like, well, I can, I can kind of jump rope. I'm sure I could like look up a routine and learn it and make it look really flashy or whatever on stage. And so my directors were like, yes, give it a try. Tell us what you come back with. And I remember my director at the time had sent me a clip from a former Miss Hawaii, Lauren Cheap. And it was by Footloose and absolutely flashy and phenomenal. And I remember watching that. I hadn't picked up a jump rope in, in years, like actual years of this, probably like 10 years. And I looked at it and I was like, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> and I'm sure I was biting off more than I could chew. But I, being, being the uh, over, over competitive, highly, highly achievement mindset person that I am, I was like, yeah, done. Game on. Let's do this. And uh, it just developed. I've never been able to compete on the Miss America stage with the jump roping because of COVID. It shut everything down. I was going to use it as like a farewell talent for when I gave up my crown and then for also um, a competition talent, but that never happened. But I still continued because I loved not only what it did for me from a fitness standpoint, but I just loved being able to develop my own routines and learn new tricks and all of that. And so I just, I just continued the journey. And so when USOA came up, for me and I won Mrs. Oregon, they were like, oh, you have to do patriotic wear. And I was like, what the heck is that? I had never done it before. <laughs> I had no idea what I was going to be choosing. And I didn't want to do something cheesy as much as I would, you know, love to be like a statue of Liberty or something like that. I wanted something that would, would represent who I was as a person more than just um, maybe something that was a, a well-recognized landmark that has been done a number of different times. And, and women do it so amazing in their own way. And I love seeing all the different renditions, but I was like, hmm, I wonder if I could turn jump roping into my patriotic outfit. And it was so fun and flashy that my directors were like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> and so we, the first year we did it, we ducked me out in uh, patriotic wear, just like a red, white, and blue outfit. And um, nobody had any idea what it was, what I was doing. Like I, I looked pretty underdressed for a lot of what was being worn because I was just walking in in an athletic outfit with a bedazzled jump rope. <laughs> and then the real performance was me being able to perform on stage. And I remember very vividly being able to um, perform for the very first time on stage was at nationals. And that was such a special moment for me. Not only was I freaking out because if you see there's one part of my routine, there's a foot stomp that I do where I catch the foot, I catch the rope under my foot. I can't see the rope at all. Um, I actually practice that particular trick with my eyes closed so that I can get used to not having to, to look for and just get the timing down mentally and with my arm. It, it's a whole timing thing. And it was such a, you see such a moment of joy on my face if you watch the, the footage back of me catching that particular trick that I'd missed so many times behind the scenes. So many times. I was like, please, please, God, please just... 
if one thing goes right at nationals this year, just let me land myself, please. <laughs> and I did. And then I came back uh, this year with an, with an even better performance, in my opinion, and was able to land my stomp again, which now for me is a point of I will land it every time. And it's just, it's been such a beautiful journey for me. One unexpected, but one that I just, I love that it's part of just my repertoire of what I can pick up and it can be authentic to who I am. It is very unique when you come out in your red, white, and blue and you're doing this full routine that <laughs> I'm sure took a lot to learn and to perfect. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it, but it does look like you're having fun. And that is something I think is probably the most important. Okay, so it's patriotic wear. And then you also do fitness, but you do fitness and swim in USOA. I do. So you pick your own swimsuit. We do. I've never had to pick my own swimsuit for a pageant. It's always been provided to me. So what's that process like? I don't even, I wouldn't (laughs) even know where to start. Oh, I never do either, to be totally honest. And uh, (laughs) I think... For me, it was, I, I really relied on my trainer and my directors for guidance with colors and, and the look. And actually the cape was something that we added as kind of like, hey, maybe let's try it. And it ended up being what completed my outfit for that particular look. Um, I've, I've been assigned swimsuits in the past with the Miss America system and being able to, to choose my own, I think was it was just really powerful because essentially you get to choose something that complements your body type the best. And you get to also represent who you are. And I love being able to wear my white swimsuit because um, my trainer, according to my trainer, which I love, because again, I'm, I love to be at my absolute best. He, he said that it's rare that you see a white swimsuit on stage simply because it's a color that doesn't allow for any error. And I love that because I'm so proud of how far I've come with my fitness journey that being able to wear white, not only is elegant, I think represents married women to such a beautiful uh, level. You also, I think at least for me and my skin tone and hair and blah, 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 it it just fits. When it comes to picking the swimsuit, honestly, it's about how you feel in it. It's not about how much it costs. I will say that I always, I'm, I'm bougie on a budget. I am a bougie on a budget queen. I I will be the first person to give you all the tips and tricks to how you can do real life and still do pageantry. And I'm always really proud to find the swimsuit that fits me best, no matter, and it doesn't matter what it costs. It's, it's about, it can be the the $12 swimsuit that makes you feel the best, or it can be one that you do spend a good chunk of money on and whatever for you, what matters the most is how do you feel? Do you feel like you're going to perform like a million dollars. Well, and that's good advice on evening gown even because oh, I've absolutely. seen women not spend a whole lot of money on the gown, but they just wear the heck out of it and it looks phenomenal. And then I've seen some, some like $20,000 gowns also. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And that is, I mean, they're definitely a site. You can tell that they're a little more, you can definitely tell the $20,000 ones, but sometimes that's a little much. Sometimes that's too much. I do agree with those. that. And I honestly think I'm another example of that in, in my red dress, that dress I have worn so many times and I love it so much, not only because of who's worn it before me, um, but also because I can't find a dress 
in, that I've tried on, I've tried on every, every price tag of a dress, even the like $16,000 ones that I'm like, I can't afford this, but I'm curious to know what it looks like. Uh, and nothing has been able to beat the red dress for me. And it's not because it's red or anything like that. I just love how it looks on me and it always translates so well on stage because it's my heart and soul dress as I'll tell anybody it can be the girl in the ugliest dress but it's how if it makes her feel like a million dollars you will feel like she looks like a million dollars because she knows that she's a million dollars in that dress and that's the most beautiful picture that you can create on stage is sharing with everyone your moment and it's not about how much the dress costs. I can tell you that the judges have no idea. Excuse me. The judges have no idea. You spent, you know, a hundred dollars. But if you are living your best life, feeling like the beautiful woman that you are on that stage, the judge is going to fall in love with that because that's the most powerful thing you can be is yourself. I mean, Rebecca's a huge proponent of that too with her clients. Like she definitely pushes the, how do you feel? Like, before yes. she'll even give you your, her opinion on it like for you I'm just curious of you course. are very very tall I am <laughs> is there a go-to designer that you're like you know what I know that they make their gowns really long so I know it's going to work for me or is this just like a, a where's Waldo of the of the tall girl dresses that you just have to stick through sometimes <laughs> I would say it's a mix of both. I know actually Giovanni is one that runs long with how they create their dresses, which I do really appreciate. But to be honest, um, I pay attention. The way that I find my dresses or my wardrobes, I pay attention to queens who are my height. And then if I find something that I like of theirs that they post, uh, and one of my uh, greatest sources has been actually the girl I bought the red dress from, Allison Cook, a former Miss Oregon USA. And so many of my outfits, not even just the red dress, have come from her because her and I are similar look, similar build, similar height. It just kind of comes from that, that idea of sisterhood. It's not just, oh, yeah, we love each other, but it's also, hey, like, how can we help, how can we help us tall girls? Or, you know, if there's, there's women who are shorter in the industry, you know, sticking with how can I help you find things that are created for, for women who aren't as tall as me, but then the other way around, of course. And it's kind of been a beautiful journey of me discovering how um, I can, I guess, be that bougie on a budget queen and just through reaching out and asking, hey, you look like you're about my height. Uh, can you tell me about the designer? Can you tell me that, about that particular piece? Is that something you'd be interested in partying with? So awesome. If not, I get steered in the right direction of what to look for. And every conversation I have, whether or not I'm walking away with a, a beautiful addition to my wardrobe, is usually another another connection to the sisterhood within pageantry, which is, I, I think, the best part. You've been with the USOA sisterhood for two years now. I have. Mm-hmm. What's your next step in the world of pageantry? What are you planning? <laughs> well, uh, I've, I've been blessed with the opportunity to compete with the uh, Miss Utah USA organization, which I'm very excited I had always wanted to compete in the Miss Universe organization. Uh, There's so many amazing icons who have come from the universe world, like Demi Tebow and even Arbonnet. And you see all these incredible Miss Universes. And I had always wanted to be one to stand within the sisterhood, but I got married and I thought that dream was retired. And I was like, that's okay. I will 
create my own Miss Universe within the Mrs. Pageantry world. And when they announced this past year that married women were able to compete, I immediately was intrigued. And the stars aligned for me to be able to compete with the Miss Utah organization this year. So I will be competing here July 7th and 8th. So (laughs) exactly a month, I believe, from today, which is insane, but I'm so excited. And from there, I hope to be on the Miss USA stage and beyond. That's that's truly the, the hope, the dream that I will be bringing out of retirement. And that truly means the world to me to be able to pursue something that a long held dream of mine um, that I thought would never come. Really nice to see um, married women who are like, hey, like, I'm not dead yet. Like, I'm still ready to compete with all these other women that are similar age. Just because I'm married doesn't mean I'm any less qualified. So I love that you're doing this. Are you expecting them to ask you about you being married at all? Or do you think they'll even I don't like I don't know how that process is. I expect so. I I hope they do, to be honest. I think having been in the Mrs. World now, it has helped me discover even more how being married is such an asset in pageantry. Not only do you have someone who is your ride or die and support system, but you have someone who's your encourager, your cheerleader. My husband and I especially are a team in this world of pageantry. He's an amazing judge. He always gives me his honest opinion as well. And usually when we watch the Miss Universe competition together, he'll pick the winner over me every time and it's been really beautiful how together we have have grown in pageantry and I think that it's also important to show the distinction that yes I'm married but that isn't my identity rather it's my secret weapon for going about not only being a title holder but going about life I'm able to conquer the world even more because I have my best friend by my side and I have a ride or die support system that having a supportive partner in pageantry is absolutely amazing. My husband was phenomenal when I was doing it too. And I could not be more actually, and I still volunteer for the um, Miss America system. Oh, I love that. Doing something like we were, I was doing um, t-shirts for them for their, for their junior division. And so my living room has been Ohio America pageant central. And he did not say one word. He just let it go. And so I finally got it cleaned up. And it would be really, I mean, I think it would be really cool as well. Because not only am I going to be making history as the first married woman to be Miss Utah USA, my my husband would be the, the first husband, essentially, who's able to be showcased within the USA Universe organization. And it, it just brings, I think, a depth of awareness. It brings a depth of connectivity to the USA organization as well that hasn't been seen before. And it's, we, we live in a world in pageantry where it's pageantry reimagined and being confidently beautiful. And I think that this showcases everything that pageantry is working towards. And I hope that I get to share my journey, my story, and what it looks like to be married in pageantry on the USA stage. So I don't know how much you've heard some of our episodes, but Rebecca typically does what we call a Chris's question because we all call okay. her our little Chris Jenner. She's like our momager. And she's not here, which means I get to make one up and she doesn't Ooh. get to ask me. So 
Are you okay if I ask you a Christmas question for this week? Absolutely. All right. If you had to pick a celebrity to play you in a TV show or a movie about your life, who would you choose and why? This one's easy for me to be totally honest because, first of all, I'll say who it is. Sandra Bullock. I love her, but it would be her specifically in Miss Congeniality, the pageant icon movie if you haven't seen it. I have always related so much to her as an individual. I think she's a strong, funny, just beautiful individual. And not only that, she showcases in the movie of Miss Congeniality how she learns the value of herself. And she she discovers and finds herself along the way of pageantry after kicking and screaming, having to go into it. And essentially that was my similar story as well uh, with pageantry. And while my story isn't only pageantry, I think Sandra Bullock would be able to do a beautiful job of showing where I started in life as the nerdy jock and took everything I learned in my the first phase of my journey and collegiate sports and failed failed dreams and and rediscovering essentially myself and how pageantry became the tools I needed to become the best version of myself. And I think Sandra not only plays that character in Miss Congeniality, but I think she would do a beautiful job of bringing the humor to the moments that in life were so difficult, but also showcase the beauty of every development, every success and every challenging time that turned into a cherished moment. The perfect answer. I think you're ready for Miss Utah USA. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) Um, Megan, thank you so much for coming on and talking with me today and answering all my questions. I I am very excited to keep watching you and your pageantry journey. Tell everybody where they can follow you. I, uh, you can follow me on my personal Instagram, megan.van.summerin. You can find me on Facebook as well. And uh, as I continue my reign as USOA Mrs. Utah, you can find me featured there as well. And on our national page, United States of America Pageants on Facebook and Instagram. All right. And you can follow us at Pageant Buzz Pod on Instagram. And Megan, thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you guys next week. Follow us on Instagram at Pageant Buzz Pod for all things Pageant Buzz.